Welcome to That's the Word, wholesome tales for the whole family. I'm Father James Yamauchi. Today's story, The Best Laid Plans. Wenzel stared out the window, fuming. He was desperately trying to save his carefully plotted plan, a plan that had blown up in his face. All he needed to salvage this scheme was the cooperation of one man, but that man would not budge. Wenzel's plan had been quite simple. He wanted to promote one of his buddies to a prestigious church position, and the timing seemed perfect due to an imminent opening. Wenzel ordered John and his colleagues to notify him as soon as the office was vacant so he could put his plan into motion. John and his colleagues would have none of it. Wenzel had no right to interfere. They would not cooperate. When the office became vacant, Wenzel was intentionally kept in the dark until a successor was properly named. Wenzel was furious that his order was violated and his schemings thwarted. However, Wenzel would not be so easily defeated. What was done could always be undone. He sent negotiators to John and his colleagues to talk some sense into them. He was sure that his negotiators would prevail. After all, where there is a will, there is a way. When negotiations began, five men stood in the way. By the end of the negotiations, they had neutralized all but one. John alone remained in Wenzel's way. Wenzel's patience was running out. As he gripped the window seal, his knuckles turned white. There was no way he would relent now. He instructed the negotiators to do what was necessary to eliminate the opposition. The negotiators made one final attempt to placate John. They gathered around the fire and made their final offer. John refused on the principle of the matter. He had done nothing wrong, and what Winslow proposed was totally out of line. The negotiators knew that nothing more could be said. It was time to terminate the problem. 
they took John on a walk through the town and led him to the Maldau River. When they arrived at the river, John, bound with chains and with a block of wood in his mouth, was thrown into the river to meet his maker. This is a story of a saintly man whose legend is better known than the historical fact. Four contemporaneous accounts describe a man with a background in jurisprudence and ecclesiastical law, serving as his archbishop's right-hand man, defending the church's right of governance. When King Wenceslaus IV desired to found the new bishopric and to personally select the man for the position, he ordered that at the death of the local abbot, no successor be elected and that the abbey be turned into a cathedral for the new bishop. When the abbot died, the monks, with the help of this saintly man, ensured that the king's orders were promptly disregarded and that a new abbot was elected. This account is very different from the popular legend first published decades after the life of this man, describing a martyr defending one of the church's most sacred rites. According to the legend, he was executed for refusing to disclose to the king what the queen had shared in the sacrament of confession. Both history and legend highlight a priest who reminds all Christians that the path to holiness, no matter the obstacle, is achieved in fidelity to God's commandments and fulfilling the daily duties of one's proper vocation. A witness and defender of the church, St. John Nepomucene. And for this week, that's the word. The subject of today's story was suggested by Brandon. Thank you, Brandon, for the suggestion and for destroying anything we thought we knew about John Nepomucene. And we mean that in the best way possible. I have to say, I don't think there's been any story we have done so far that so much sheds light on legend versus reality. And when this suggestion came in to us, I was super excited because I remember St. John Nepomucene He's always depicted with his hand over his mouth, uh, denoting the silence that exists with the seal of confession, and that he was the one who thwarted the king's suggestion to betray the seal of confession because the king was interested in what his wife was sharing in confession with the saint. He refused, and so therefore was thrown into the river, and so my first response when I heard this story suggestion from Brendan was, how come I had never thought about this before? This will be the easiest story to tell because of just all the details. Well, then 
researchers beginning. And I realized that this legend is not based in historical fact. And this historical fact is clearly laid out to us in the documents of the saints. Yeah, for crying out loud, it's in the Catholic Encyclopedia. It's in Butler's Lives of the Saints. He clearly says, hey, the idea of him being a confessor of the queen and dying for failing to betray the sealed confession, that story happened decades after St. John's death. And that there's these four contemporaneous stories that tell the story that we shared in today's episode. It's not even that he's an obscure martyr. We have documentation on it. Somehow the story just got out, probably because it's more romantic. I died for the seal of confession versus I died for the proper succession of abbots. And it wasn't even that, right? It's not so much that Wenceslau said, I want to make the new abbot. He said, no, 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 I want you to get rid of the abbot altogether, the role of the abbot, because I want to create my own new bishop for this area. So it's much, much more than that. Uh, it's very important matter, but like you said, it is not as romantic as someone dying for the seal of confession. Yeah, and then the king ended up just you know, torturing him and a few other churchmen. The other churchmen relented. He didn't, so he was thrown into the river, which is a pretty nice river, wouldn't you say? It's a beautiful river. It's a beautiful river. In fact, we definitely will admit that we didn't go with the Czech pronunciation, but rather the German pronunciation of the river. Yeah, Moldau is the German pronunciation, and this Vertava. is the Czech pronunciation. Anyway, it's a pretty nice river to die in if you have to die in a river. I will make no further comment on that one. But I do want to say that for us, it sounds very foreign being in America to hear that the civil authorities would be involved with naming a church authority figure. But we have to remember this occurred in the 14th century and there were still vestiges of the kings being involved with church governance. I mean, the idea of what you're talking about, though, lay investiture, it's actually very interesting. It was unique to not be in America. If you remember, we did a story a while ago where when the United States was formed, the Vatican actually reached out to Benjamin Franklin and said, does Congress want to be involved in the naming of bishops? Mm -hmm. yes. And Ben Franklin said, uh, no, we do not. And thankfully he did. And that's, that's even in the 18th century. However, Wenceslaus thought he could get away with naming his own man for this position and as we said in the story, John stood in the way. And for this, he is a witness, a martyr. Remember, martyr is the Greek word denoting witness. He is a witness for the rights of the church. So just in closing, we do want to say thank you so much, Brendan, for this story idea. It is certainly one of the most exciting stories I've been able to work on. And we were very excited to share this because we want to be able to set the record straight about St. John Nepomucene and to show that he is a great saint for defending the church. If you enjoy That's the Word, please share the word. You can see the story extras for this story, The Best Laid Plans, at thunderrock.org, where you can see a famous picture of St. John Nepomucene with his finger over his lips, according to the legend, which isn't real. 
thunderrock.org is also where you can sign up for our weekly newsletter and where you can find our social links and our email. If you have any feedback or story ideas with some crazy bombshell idea like Brendan did. Actually, maybe his finger over his mouth was telling the bunks, shh, don't tell Wenceslaus. Ah. Thanks for listening and join us next Wednesday for another wholesome tale for the whole family.